Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Schmelk, Detino, you, 201-939-4513. If you want to give us a call, talk some Giants football, we continue our opponent previews right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We did the Washington Commanders on Tuesday. Yesterday, Lance and Jonathan knocked out the Saints and Rams, so we only have two teams to go, and we figured we'd save... The two best teams, at least from last year in the NFC East, for mm-hmm. last. So the Eagles will be tomorrow with Dave Spadaro. And we go to a different Paisan today. That would be Mickey Spagnola, <laughs> who covers the team for DallasCowboys.com, among other outlets. Mickey, you got Schmelk and another Paisan here, Datino. Hope you're doing well, man. Are you ready for your summer to ramp up after some time off? Uh, yeah, absolutely, especially since these last few days in Dallas-Fort Worth have been over 100 degrees, and I checked the temperature in Oxnard, California last <laughs> night at about, oh, 8.30 their time, and it was 62, so I'm ready to go. You know, Mickey, Dallas will come up here for opening day to uh, play the Giants. Uh, we have had many 90-degree and 100-plus wheel field temperatures here in Jersey. Now, I don't know if it's going to be that way by the time you get here, but it's not exactly Alaska, just so you know. Yeah, well, uh, and I will know because after that part of training camp in Oxnard's over with, the Cowboys will practice at home for another uh, week and a half, two weeks before they start the season. So if they need to get used to uh, some more heat after the temperate weather in Oxnard, they certainly can go outside and do it if they so choose. Absolutely. All right, Mickey, Let let's start here, you know, Big picture looking at Dallas here. Mike McCarthy takes over the play calling this year. Dak Prescott's on the last year of his contract. You have some young guys that are coming up for contract extensions. Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. Zach Martin recently said he wants a new contract. We can talk about that separately if you want. Is this like a really big season for Dallas? Because it almost seems like it shouldn't, right? They've won double-digit games the last two years. They've had probably their best two-season stretch that they've had in probably since the early 90s. But it feels like there is some, you know, waves of change going on. How would you just characterize where the franchise is with the coach and the quarterback looking at it from a big picture, holistic way? Well, first of all, it's always a big season for the Cowboys, right? Yes. (laughs) I don't think you need to characterize it that way. Uh, Well, after two 12-5 seasons, now you've got to figure out how to build on that. And sometimes it's not easy, right, when you don't get to where you want to go in the playoffs after two successful seasons. And let's remember, uh, this is the first time uh, since 1995-96 that they've had double-digit wins in back-to-back seasons, if you can believe that. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I was talking to Dan Quinn about that, the defensive coordinator, is how hard is it to start all over from scratch after you went 12-5, and five, lost in the first round of the playoffs, you, or second round in the playoffs, and you lose in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, and now you've got to start from scratch because they don't grandfather you in 
to the playoffs just because you made it the year before. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was talking about it's got to be a conversation, and it's not like we're starting from scratch, but we're we're starting to where we left off and have to build, meaning you've got to get better. And I think that's going to be the rallying cry. You've got to get better. Uh, And if getting better means 13 wins, if getting better means winning uh, the NFC East, uh, and and you know getting a home field advantage during the playoffs, then that's got to be uh, the battle cry. Uh, can they do it? Uh, this is still a very talented team. Uh, I know they've made changes uh, with the offensive coordinator and Mike McCarthy basically taking over the offense and uh, also calling plays. And you know I don't know if you want to say there's pressure on him, but. The, uh, during the regular season, the offense wasn't the problem. When Dak Prescott come back from his five-game mm-hmm. uh, injury absence, they averaged 35 points a game over 10 games. Uh, so, uh, and and that includes losing two uh, games, one in overtime when you scored 34 points at Jacksonville, and one in Green Bay when you scored 28 points which should have been enough to win a game. So uh, it's not all about the offense. The defense needs to also improve, and they need to improve against the run. When 11 of 17 games, they gave up uh, more than 100 yards rushing. And in uh, I think I figured out in seven of those uh, games, they gave up more than 136 yards rushing. Mm. So that's got to improve, and that's one of the reasons why if anybody – uh, couldn't understand why they took Mozzie Smith in with the 27th pick in the first round. All you got to do is look at that. They needed to right. improve against the run. So to me, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's still a very uh, talented team. Uh, they certainly improved where they needed to at the wide receiver position by signing, uh, trading for Brandon Cooks, and they in- improved at the cornerback position too. Uh, so uh, again. Uh, I think they they made two significant off-season moves with those trades, uh, and that should improve the team right from the start. Because if truth be known, last year uh, they were they were always a wide receiver short with Michael Gallup still recovering and and mentally and physically from his torn ACL, uh, and basically it was C.D. Lamb and who uh, until T.Y. Hilton showed up. And how much can a guy that didn't go to training camp and didn't play the first three months of the season really help you? Mickey, I want you to take me through the smoke and the clouds in the running back room. Tony Pollard signs his tag. He's back off a serious injury. Ezekiel Elliott right now is dangling in the wind. I don't know if you think he will be back or will not be back. Deuce Vaughn was brought in uh, late during the draft. I know Malik Davis is there, but to me... Right now, if you look at the signed running backs in the room and you're skeptical about Pollard's injury situation or at least how effective he will be, that could be an Achilles heel for this team, could it not? Well, let's look at it this way. Uh, I think from an injury standpoint and just where we, what we saw Pollard in the offseason uh, and what he was able to do, I think he should be ready to go. Now, the question is, can he handle the first the the, the uh, a full year at running back because he's never had to do that right mm-hmm. uh even though he's he you know gained a thousand yards last year and w- went to the pro bowl he wasn't the sole guy it he rarely did he have more than 15 carries in a game now is he a guy that can do 20 25 and if he does do you get diminishing returns? I always look at that uh, with a baseball analogy. You know, you got a second baseman that hits, say, 280 with 225 at bats, and then he gets 400 at bats and he hits 225. Mickey, let me put uh, let me put you on hold right there a second. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think it's relevant here. When Marion Barber was in Dallas and he was a part-time guy, he looked like he was going to be a lot better than what he was when he started getting a lot more of the workload. I wonder, even though he's not the same back, isn't that the dynamic you're talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think that's one thing that has to be answered. Now, can he handle 20, 25 carries a game? Can he handle more snaps a game, uh, even in the passing game? And that's an unknown. Uh, That's why, to me, you brought up Ezekiel Elliott. 
And my thoughts are, if he's still out there and he wants to play and he doesn't mind playing for a significant pay cut, uh, in a heartbeat, I'd bring him back. Uh, Somebody's got to replace his 12 touchdowns. Now, total, Pollard had 12 touchdowns last year, nine rushing, three receiving. But Zeke still had 12 touchdowns rushing. Uh, Somebody's got to replace that. Somebody's got to replace him going 12 of 14 on third and one conversions. Uh, Somebody's got to replace the dirty work he did. And to me, I I don't think it's totally out of the question, depending on where he's at. Uh, You know, and I had a a happenstance run into him uh, about a month or about a little bit more than a month ago. Uh, I was getting off the elevator, going to the parking lot. He was getting on the elevator to go up to the Cowboys Club. And uh, we had a conversation quickly, right? And the funny thing was is I kept asking him questions, and the door was closing the elevator, and he kept holding it up. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and my, my, my last question was, I said, so if they brought you back, what do you think? And he kind of laughed, and he goes, we'll see. So, you know, if he's still out there in the middle of August and, and they think oh, we miss him, I, I'd sign him to a $2 million, if he would take it, right? $2 million deal with the playoff, I mean, uh, playing incentives. And, and, you know, and he's your backup running back to do the dirty work. Now, the other alternative is Malik Davis. I thought he was the best of what they had. I don't think Deuce Vaughn is a guy that you say, okay, Tony Pollard got hurt. Now Deuce Vaughn's going to go in and carry the ball 20 times right. a game in the NFL. He's kind of a toy that they can mm-hmm. use. So, again, that's one of the questions that need to be answered when we go to training camp. Mickey, uh, we mentioned it in, briefly in my first question. Uh, Mike McCarthy's calling plays now. Are we going to see, in your opinion, a major shift in how the offense is structured and the actual plays in the playbook? Or is this change made just so the kind of pattern and feel of how they call the game is going to change in McCarthy? I know they're not changing the language, but how much do you think the actual structure of the offense is going to change? Or is this just more McCarthy wants more control as to how the game is called, but the offense itself will look the same structurally? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see a dramatic change. Uh, talking to Cooper Rush, and he goes, why would you change everything that was so successful? And, and again, it, you know, other than the, the playoff game against San Francisco, which kind of put a cloud on the entire offense. San Francisco's defense is, and by the way, Mickey, San Fran's defense is actually pretty good. I'm not sure if you heard <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, but, that, but that game, scoring 12 points, you know, put a cloud over everything that they had accomplished during the regular season. Uh, this offense was pretty good. So to me, you know, there's a certain amount of pressure when you make a change like that on offense to not take a step back. You've got to yeah. be the same or improve. I think maybe how the plays are called and what sequence might, might change. Uh, but again, you know, somebody said, well, Mike McCarthy can call the plays. They're going to run the ball more. Well, I don't have the numbers with me right now, but I went and checked, and they ran the ball more last year than they had in previous three, four, five years. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and their, their running total was one of the tops in team history. So it wasn't a matter that, you know, I think Kellen Moore got this idea, or people got this idea that all he wanted to do was throw, 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 and that certainly wasn't the case. Uh, but again, uh, they've got to be good on offense, just like they were last year. When, like I said, those, those games they were they were averaging 35 points a game. You know, in the second game against uh, Philadelphia, when they won it, and I know Philadelphia had a backup quarterback in that game, but the Cowboys had a backup quarterback in the game they beat them, 27-17. The Cowboys scored 40 points against Philadelphia's defense. Uh, so I think that, you know, bodes well for where this offense has been and needs to continue to be as they go forward. Left tackle Tyron Smith has played 17 games combined in the last three years. How much of a concern is he as far as that O-line goes? No, I don't think so because uh, Tyler Smith played awfully well there. So if he's not ready to go, Tyler Smith's your left tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and truth be known, as a rookie, he played well enough to be, to be selected to the Pro Bowl, except no one was watching because he played, you know, so much guard at, at one point early, and then he played tackle, then he went to guard, then he went back to tackle. 
Uh, so if Tyron Smith's not not ready to go, then basically what they're looking for is a left guard. And if all your problem is is a left guard, don't tell me that cost you games in the NFL. You've got to figure that out. Who would that guy uh, be, Mickey, right now? If it had if well, you had to right make a now, choice? if Tyler Smith, if Tyler Smith had to play left tackle, then uh, Matt Forniak, uh, who played well in the one or two games he had to play last year, would be probably the top candidate. I know they they signed Chuma a God. Uh, I can't say the guy's name. A God. <laughs> Um, but he's just a journeyman. He would be a place setter until somebody's ready to take that spot over. Uh, so to me, uh, the big question, and that's another thing, question for training camp is, can Tyler Smith, play, I mean, Tyron Smith play left tackle at the level they're used to seeing him play? I'm not worried about how many games he plays. If he plays 13, I'll guarantee you, other than Tyler Smith, no one else is going to play better in those 13 games than him. Uh, so, again, it, 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 it would come down to, uh, you know, what happens with him. Because if he's good to go, then Tyler Smith's your left guard. And as long as uh, uh, Zach Martin is not posturing, saying, well, I may not go to training camp, I need a raise, then their offensive line is fine as long as Terrence Steele's ready to go, coming back from his torn ACL. So there's some questions there that they've got to be able to uh, solve. But from a from a you know a, a, a standpoint of wide receivers, I think they're better. For everybody was talking about, well, they they lost Dalton Schultz at tight end. Well, they'll find somebody to play that spot, and whoever gets in there in a combination of guys, they will block better than him. And that was one of the problems they had last year at the tight end position in the running game, that he was not a very good blocker. Absolutely, Mick. And, you know, just real quick follow-up um, uh, before I jump to Prescott. Do you take the Zach Morton thing that seriously? Do you think they'll work it out? Should this be a legitimate worry for Cowboys fans or no? A legitimate what? No, I'm sorry. You kind of broke up there. No, no worries. Uh, should the Zach Morton thing be a legitimate worry for Cowboy fans, or do you think that's something they can work out? Dak Prescott? No, Zach Morton. Zach Morton. Oh, Zach Martin. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, everybody's comparing average per year, right? And, oh, he's not the top-paid guy. Well, the last guy that signs going to be the top-paid guy, right? Always, Lindstrom. always, right? And, and if you look at what his package is, he's, he, he's still, his package is still the second-highest in the NFL. Uh, no, he, you know, whatever his cap hit is this year, he's had so many restructures. They already paid him uh, almost, I want to say, six-eighths of his base salary in a restructure bonus. Right. So he's already made $11 million in the bank already. So don't compare his base salary to everybody else's yeah. base salary. Uh, and don't, you know, compare the guarantees because his guarantees have been going up with these restructures. He's had five of them right now. So, yeah, he may, you know, I mean, think about the timing of it, right? When did this come out? After he was the first, uh, what was it, the first guard in, in Madden 99, in, in, in Madden game, uh, ranked as the 99th. The last time that happened was Larry Allen in 1995, I believe it was. So, and then the other thing, he also got ranked high. Uh, I think he was the first offensive lineman when NFL.com did their uh, draft of current players. Yeah, uh, Mickey, and, Mickey. And Martin was. This so. is a sad state of affairs if now Madden <laughs> rankings are becoming part of the negotiation process, okay? Well, I now it's gone too far. The perception is, I guarantee you the perception is out there, right? It's like, oh, look, what, look where people think my guy is, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Mickey. Love, so, Mickey, I, I'm thinking he's such a team player. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm just not sure that this is like a, a serious thing. Last one on the offense for me, and then we have to the defense too. Dak Prescott very uncharacteristically had a lot of interceptions last year. He had been a guy that protected the ball really well last year, led the league, and that was despite the fact he missed a bunch of games with that thumb injury. Real concern? Is this something I heard Dak gave an interview, I think, late last week where he goes, I'm going to have fewer than 10, and he basically guaranteed it. 
What are your thoughts on that interception issue from last year? Was it just some bad luck, or is this a trend that needs to be reversed and they have to really make some changes to get there? Well, first of all, he was tied for the league. Somebody else had 15, too. They just didn't play as many games as he did. Uh, look, I went back and looked at every one of his interceptions, and I can easily find out of those 15, seven of them that were absolutely not his fault. Either drop passes that were tipped into interceptions yep. or guys running poor routes, and I mean poor routes that caused the interception. He's anticipating one thing and the receiver stops. Or he's anticipating another thing, and I can give you one, uh, I think it was the Green Bay game, where he's going to hit uh, C.D. Lamb for a touchdown from the slot, curling over the middle, and all the tight end needed to do, Dalton Schultz, is go straight up the field and take the safety out of the play because C.D. Lamb had beat the corner. Well, Dalton Schultz, goes mimics the same route that C.D. Lamb ran, and, and the safety that was going to cover Schultz just jumps the pass, right? Well, that's Dak's interception. Well, it's not Dak's interception. So, again, you know, and he made this kind of reference to it, I guess, finally. Yep. Uh, but, again, that's what quarterbacks do, right? they got to take the heat. they got to take the blame. Uh, I could remember it was either his second or third year in the league, and he had a couple interceptions, and he was, you know, i got to be better doing all this stuff. And we were walking off together, and, and, and I was looking at him. He goes, what are you looking at? I said, I'm looking for stab wounds because you're falling on your sword. And he smiled at me, and he goes, that's what quarterbacks have to do, right? right. So I'm not worried about those interceptions uh, as much as the number is. If you look inside the number, then you would have a better feel for why those occurred. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Mickey, tell me how Micah Parsons takes his game to the next level, if he can, and how much gas, <clears throat> excuse me, does Demarcus Lawrence have left? Don't get all choked up about it, Paul. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, yeah, I hate I, to see old time veterans kind of, <laughs> I hate to see the veterans kind of whittle away. And Lawrence hasn't had double digit sacks in a long time. Well, as for Demarcus Lawrence, I don't think he showed any signs of slowing down last year. I know defensive ends are judged on a number of sacks, but. He was one of their top defensive line run defenders. He was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and if you look at his pressures and his tackles for losses and things like that, you understand that he played at an awfully high level uh, last year. So no worries uh, about him. And as for Micah Parsons, uh, th there's no ceiling for him at this point. Uh, and I think that uh, if, if Sam Williams, uh, their second round draft choice last year that showed spark in, uh, you know, in, in instances, not full time, if he can step up and they have two defensive ends that they can count on, uh, as pass rushers, then they can move Micah Parsons around. And I think he becomes even more valuable when teams don't know that, okay, we break the huddle. There's Micah Parsons at right defensive end. We know how to try to neutralize him. They can start moving him around in different spots. Uh, I think his value at times is better at linebacker because teams don't know what he's going to do. Is, mm -hmm. he, is he rushing? Is he dropping? Is he going to line up outside the defensive end? Is he going to come blitz up the middle between the defensive tackles? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's no limit to what this guy can do. And, and I think he, he, he expects more of himself. He's not satisfied for what's happened so far. Mickey, i got to be honest with you. You already talked about Mozzie Smith and the run defense. 
And I have trouble seeing something else on this defense where I'm like, boy, that's really a concern. The secondary looks pretty good. I know Anthony Brown's not back, but they bring in you know, Stephen Gil- uh, Stephon Gilmore. When you look at this defense, is there anything that you're keeping your eye on besides something we've already mentioned? Or if there's not, any changes you're looking forward to this year? Because to me, this was a good unit last year. It seems like it's probably going to be a pretty good unit again this year, too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think your assessment is uh, right on. Uh, I think if they improve their run defense, uh, then uh, they this defense will uh, improve. And, and, you know, it wasn't bad. They just had spurts when they weren't very good. And a lot of it had to do with the run defense. I mean, uh, again, uh, they gave up – they gave – Gave up 200 yards rushing to Green Bay, 196 to Jacksonville in two overtime losses. Despite that, the games went into overtime before they got beat. So you can't have those. they got to be better against the run. And if they're better against the run, then that makes the secondary even uh, more improved because now teams know that they got to throw the ball more. Uh, I think that with Deron Bland, the way he played last year, and ha- having Stephon Gilmore uh, coming in at the other cornerback spot, I, I think the secondary's in, in, in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, and so even if Jordan Lewis doesn't get back in time or Anthony Brown doesn't get re-signed to maybe a one-year prove-it deal, uh, the secondary's pretty good. The fact that they, they still have Leighton Vanderish there and – um, you know, I, I think that uh, they're they're fine at linebacker. Now it's a matter of can this defensive front play better than it did against the run last year. Final one from me, Mickey, because I'm not around Dallas. I was a little surprised when I saw Vanderish was not re-signed, and then all of a sudden he was re-signed. What was that? A was that a salary cap thing with him that they were trying to worry about money and how it was going to be broken up? Or did they have second thoughts about bringing him back and then they decided otherwise? Because you mentioned no. they had some trouble against the run. He's the middle linebacker. Yeah. So, you know, no, a lot he, of fingers got a point there, don't they? Right, and he played awfully well against the run. They only signed him to a two-year deal. I think some of it had to do uh, with the salary cap. They mm-hmm. were butted up against it. And, and not only just like last year or this year, they've got problems down the road with the amount of top players they've got to resign. Uh, and, and you can't keep franchising everybody. That's not the way to go. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I thought Vander Esch, the way he played last year, uh, pro- you know, here, here was I, what I was surprised about. Nobody in the rest of the league thought he was that good to, to sign him to more than the Cowboys did on a two-year deal. Uh, so if you watch him play, they need him on the field. Uh, so, again, uh, having him there in the run defense, uh, and they got some young guys that will step up uh, and 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 fill in. Uh, yeah, this defense can be really good, and I think what they're uh, you know what they're counting on is that they've now been in this defense for a couple years, so nothing's new, and, and basically the majority of them are the same guys. Uh, so you know if, if there's a natural progression. You know, third year in this defense, they they should get better. Final one for me, Mickey, and you kind of mentioned it there, and we referenced it in the first question. Dak has to get redone, right? Trayvon Diggs has to get an extension at some point. CeeDee Lamb has to get an extension at some point. Not now, but at some point, Michael Parsons is going to have to get paid too. Tony Pollard's on a one-year deal. We mentioned the Zach Martin deal. How are the Cowboys going to manage all these contracts for these younger players coming up? Are they going to have to sacrifice one of these guys here? Can they figure it out? Give us a glimpse inside the how the Cowboys are building this roster and how things might churn out for them over the next two, three years as they make some of these important decisions. Yeah, as, as you guys know, the salary cap is going to have a huge jump next year when the TV money finally kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to go. I mean, I've read it'll go from what are we at two twenty-eight right now to maybe two fifty. Uh, so, number one, that'll help. Number two, you're you're not going anywhere with the quarterback. That that'll that'll get done. Uh, C.D. Lamb can get franchised. They still have the fifth year on him, although 
you'd hate to have to pay $17 million on that fifth year for him. You got to do a long-term mm-hmm. deal there. And then, and then Trayvon Diggs is one that I think you have to uh, somewhat worry about. You got to be able to fit that in. And then let me give you one more. If Terrence Steele comes back and plays the way he has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a restricted free agent this year. Uh, they would have liked to sign him to a, a long-term deal. Evidently, his guy didn't want to do it. So I think these agents are thinking, whoa, the cap's going up way up next year. We'll have a better chance if we're a free agent to sign a big deal. So, yeah, but, I mean, if you have good players, this is what happens, right? Sure. That's why what you hate is you've had these guys for the last two years and you went 12-5 and five and didn't get any further than the second round of the mm-hmm. playoffs. That when you have players of this caliber and had that many pro bowlers on this team, you've got to make hay, and, and, and they didn't quite get it done. Mickey, good stuff. Enjoy sunny Southern mm-hmm. California. We wish you out there with you with the weather, and uh, we'll talk to you. And we're back, baby. Week one, <laughs> Giants-Cowboys. We, we'll it, see you well, soon, Mickey. week of the season, we should talk, Indeed. Right? Absolutely. Thank you, Mick. Good to be with you guys, always. Mickey Take care. Spagnola, DallasCowboys.com. He's the best. We love Mickey. And it's like oh, two old friends getting back together for week one of the season. It used to be every year for years. Mm-hmm. We took a little hiatus, and, and now we're back. Difference is, uh, it's, it's rarely been here. And it's in New York, that's It's correct. usually yeah. in Dallas. Very rarely been here, although we'll all remember the first game here with the power failure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was a real, right. real fun night. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's it's usually in Dallas. Was so that I, week one the power failure? It was the first game here. I don't remember if I, it was the first week of the season. Now I think we were in Detroit. No, well, I can't remember. My my mind is. That was is what two thousand ten. Yeah, it goes right? back about ten years. I'll check it. Yeah. Um, anyway, but anyway, big big picture here, Paul. Cowboys are very talented. They have a good team. It's just a matter of whether or not they can stay healthy. I think we both think Dan Quinn's a very good defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for sure. We'll very see how good. the changes on offense adjust things without Kellen Moore being there and we'll see uh, he mentioned it first time double digit win since you know 95 96 so we'll see how they can put it together this year you know one of the things that I'm really curious about and it's not for Mickey to answer but you and I both know this the heat in Dallas and I'm talking about the media heat can be excruciating the same way it is up here right no question mm-hmm. in fact even worse it can be yeah it, it can be sure and, and it's so, also national attention, too, because Dallas is basically a national team. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So with McCarthy making the change, you know, an offensive coordinator, and now calling the plays, should they get off to a rocky start? How will the intangibles play into this if the broiler gets turned up on him and the team? Right. That That's the emotional intangible part that I don't know about and I'm curious about. See, I was right. We opened up, first game at MetLife Stadium was the Panthers, week one. The Dallas so game wasn't was until... Sunday night game? That wasn't until November 14th, later in the year. I thought it was later in the year. Wow, for some reason, yeah. I thought it was earlier. No, that's okay. Well, because it always is. It is, <laughs> yeah. That was, that, that was before, I think, the string of Dallas giant week one games kind of That was a primetime game, though. Because yeah, it was a night game, yep, it was, and, and the power went. And it was dark, and all you yes. saw, all the cell phones started yes. to turn on in the crowd. No, 100%. <laughs> no, it was definitely a night game for sure. But yeah, I think that was a, I think that was Sunday night game in, uh, in week yeah. 10 that year. And the Giants I it was uh, earlier, but... lost that game 33-20. to 20. Yeah, I remember that. I do remember that part of it. All right, 201-939-4513. We got three people on hold already. I want to get to the calls, and we'll squeeze in as many people as we can over the next Let's half hour. But first, as a reminder, go subscribe to the Giants Little Podcast. We're in the middle of our player interview series. Special teams just went up last week. Edge rushers and defensive tackles went up. We talked to almost all the big guys, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, go through it. Everyone's there. So go check them out in the Giants Little Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, the Giants app or Giants.com slash podcast. And remember, if you're an Apple podcast, we graciously ask and humbly ask if you do like what you hear. And if you're not, I'm not sure why you're listening. Please go leave a five-star positive review. It does help us and it does help the podcast. All right, 201-939-4513. Uh, we've had a couple calls holding. So let's go to Jason in New Haven. He's been on since the start of the show. Jason, thanks for being patient, wow. my friend. What's going on? Oh, no, I think you guys are taking my call. I appreciate it. Hi. No, no problem. What's up? Good. A few things so you guys can get to everybody else. Uh, great interviews. 
Oh, John, I want to give you a, uh, kudos for the Eli interview. I thought that was a great interview. So, Oh, Jason, thank you, thank you. I totally forgot about the Eli interview. The John Soto Podcast is now sponsored by Citizens. Go check that out right here on the John Soto Podcast. And we did a, like 30 minutes with Eli. So he mm-hmm. did a little bit on his post-playing career. But then he really went like... 15 minutes just talking about the offense, how you create explosive plays, and I thought it was a really good look inside the quarterback position in terms of how you develop a more explosive offense. So I found it very educational, to be honest with you. All right, thank you. Uh, And to segue into explosive plays, uh, Daniel Jones. So it seemed last year, you know, just being at some of the games and watching on TV, it seemed like the offense was – kind of, I don't want to say content, but content to horizontally stretch defenses last season and use misdirection and bootlegs effectively. Um, from what I read, they only threw 23 passes that traveled 20 yards in the air the entire season. Um, so now that Waller, Campbell, and Hired are here, or new to the team, it'll be interesting to see how they develop chemistry uh, with DJ. Um, and I think because of DJ's success last year, especially with his running ability, um, I think it, it's going to cultivate a level of respect from opposing defenses and defensive coordinators this year um, because while you may be able to put a spy on DJ, you're also going to need a, uh, as far as like a middle linebacker or something like that, they're, need, they're, gonna need, they're going to be a, needed to defend the intermediate short-range passes that the Giants throw too. So, yeah, Jason, I um, hear you, but to me, I think Daniel is almost – Maybe more effective is a little bit strong. I thought his keeper stuff in the red zone was very important for them. And I thought, and this Mm has always been criticisms a little strong, but my commentary on his running ability early in his career is that he was really good on design runs, but Daniel didn't scramble much. That wasn't his thing. But last year, I thought his scramble game and getting first downs on second and third and long on design passes was maybe even more valuable than the design running game last year in terms of, you know, getting key first downs and third and medium and third and long. So I think to your point on early downs with the design runs, yes. But I also think do teams now have to assign a spy to him on third downs? And can that take a defender out of the play because Uh, you're worried about him scrambling a little bit too? A similar situation happened in the early 80s with Parcells when he told Sims, don't be afraid to rip it and let it go. This coaching staff told Daniel Jones last year, don't be afraid to take yeah, off and run. Don't be afraid. So when you give the quarterback the freedom and say, listen, I understand there may be some mistakes, but the risk-reward is worth it. Go. Right. And I think that was the difference of what you're talking 100% about. 100% agree. Yep, yep. And uh, the last point with that part, um, I think it showed last year DJ could beat you with his arm. I know, you know, I know he had his ups and downs before Dable got there, and a lot of it was self-inflicted. Of course, I think we all could agree to that. But he could beat you with his arm. He has a really good arm. So I, I think defense is going to have to pick their poison when they play. If, you know, of course, everything's healthy. O-line holds up. Of course, there's other factors. Um, but I think defensive coordinators, you know, there's, there's going to be some – they're going to be up a few nights. I know, uh, Paul, you've talked about headache players. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying DJ's there yet. He still has some stuff to prove. But uh, I think he's really going to get some decoordinated, some some uh, restless nights. Next Absolutely. point, and, and uh, I'll try to make it quick. Um, this, is the la- this is the first and last time I'll talk about the Barkley thing because uh, I know you guys have heard about it. Nauseam. The, the Barkley thing, we all love him. I, I don't think that's – that doesn't need to be said. We all love him. I'm a big fan of it. So does the team, by the way. Team loves yeah, him, too. Yeah, and the team. Yeah. And the team. What I will say is this. Um, I've always been a proponent of running game to me. Mainly is O-line and scheme. Offensive line and scheme. Yes, Barkley has been amazing. Physical freak. There's no doubt about it. He's probably the most physically gifted running back in the league. You know, both McCaffrey and those guys. Um, but running game to me is about scheme and it's about offensive line. Look down I-95 was going on with the Eagles. I'm not comparing Sandals to Barkley because there's no comparison. No, to no, those you're two. right, though. No, but Jason, you're but, right. But what I will say is this. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year, and they just let him go. They let him walk. And he only – I think didn't he rush for almost the same amount of yards as mm-hmm. Saquon did? Mm-hmm. They were only yes. a few Fairly yards apart. Yeah. Fairly close. Yes. And what I will say is this. What he's getting paid, 
with Carolina. I thought he, you know, for the for the contract, but he got a pretty decent contract. Yeah, like with Carolina. Six, yeah, I, I think like six and change a year, right? And Dalvin Cook is still looking for a job, and he's a thousand yeah. yard rusher. And Joe too. Mixon had to take a pay cut for two years to keep his job. It's yeah. the nature of the game. And right when now. Mixon went out last year, Samaji Piran went in. Nobody missed a beat. Yeah, so I think I think <laughs> the Eagles running back group is making less than what Sanders is making in Carolina. I could be wrong. No, you're uh, right. Maybe you guys could look it up. No, I, so, I, I, no, I think all those guys are on rookie contracts except for Boston Scott, and he's just above a minimum. So I'll, I say this. I say that to say this. And Rashad Penny too. Right. Barkley to me, and I'm not in the building, I'm not Barkley's agent, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, but I will say I know a little something. I will say this, Barkley has two cho- choices, Rick, and it's, it's cut and dry. You either play on the tag or you sit out. Um, I don't really think the Giants, like you guys have said, Shane and Dable, I don't think they have any interest in trading him. And at this point, anyone that came with a trade request is basically – going to try to rob the Giants for peanuts at this point. So I don't think they're going to even listen to offers for Barkley at this point, unless it gets too toxic, but that's all, we're not going to worry about that right now. No. If I'm, if I'm the front office, I'm telling Barkley, if you want to play, it's going to be for us. Um, it's not like they don't want him there. It's just that, you know, they want him on the team, but they're not willing to acquiesce to his demand or his, his you know, team that's representing whatever the case may be. Um, and it's not the Giants' fault that the market – for running backs has crashed. One last point, I'll take it off the air. I love uh, Big Blue Kickoff. You guys do an amazing job. I, I always want to give you guys your flowers from the interviews. Thank you. To to everything. You guys have just been uh, uh, just awesome in the offseason. I mean, the content has been amazing from when I started listening to you guys years ago. Um, but I was waiting for the butt. I knew it was coming. Uh-oh. I knew the butt was coming. Uh-oh. I said No, 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 because I, I know you guys <laughs> might crucify me a little bit on this, and I try not to have any crazy remarks but i will say this the national media and their love affair for bashing dj to me and i and i get it at the grand scheme of things it doesn't mean a hell of beans dj's gonna do what he has to do on the field he practices hard from what i hear we all love him at least i've been a big proponent of him since he got drafted but it just seems to me like every chance the national media has to say something about DJ or the Giants, and then blaming DJ for Barkley not getting paid to me is the most asinine thing I've heard. So I know it doesn't mean anything to you guys. The grand scheme of things, nobody really cares. But to me, it just seems like any chance the national media has a shot to take at DJ for any reason, they just take it. So I know it doesn't mean much, but I just wanted to put it out there, and I'll take your call off there. Thank, Thank you, you fellas. Okay. I well, appreciate not it. criticism of us. No, not at all. No, yeah, 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 <laughs> I appreciate that. But um, no, look, I mean, honestly, I think the general opinion of Daniel as a player has gone up since yeah, last year. Well, it had to 100%. because of what he did. He played better, of course. Yeah. Now, I know people, have, you know, whenever a guy signs a big contract like that, he doesn't have a lot of playoff wins and, you know, Super Bowls and 4,000-yard passing seasons on his resume. People are going to say stuff. That's fine. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to say, you know, Saquon would be here if it wasn't for Daniel. Guess what? Saquon maybe could have gotten a contract because of Daniel's situation because they wanted to save the franchise tag if this got done back in March or whatever the the, the date was. So, I, I, Jason, I think your attitude about it is right. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. It's unimportant. Let it play out. On. That's it. That's Let it. it play out. And and we also agree, I think, there's been no indication that a trade there is even on the table. I so, haven't gotten one sniff of that. No, I would not think that's that's an option. Obviously, by the rules, it's an option, but I would not. Right. Think. I've, there's, there's no indication the Giants, they want him on the team this year. And that's the point I tried to make on the show with, um, with Howard on Tuesday. The Giants want him here. So, I mean, they think he helps. I mean, they know he helps them win games. He helped them win games last year. So, they want him here. 201-939-4513. Hey, Giant fans. The official Connected Giants streaming app is Giants TV. It brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. It's free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. And don't forget, the 2023 NFL schedule is out. Single game tickets are on sale now, but selection is limited. Don't miss the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Visit Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. Hi, Wilson. How are you? Hey John, uh, Paulie, I, I love your your enthusiasm when you when you see my name. <laughs> well, Wilson, 
I saw how you were talking Pearson's ear off there when he screened your call. So I know you're pumped uh, up here. Uh-oh. No, no, listen, listen. I love you guys. And I wasn't going to call this week. I, I just I was relaxing at home, and I, I, I heard all the shows. But there's some crazy stuff coming from you guys this week about Saquon. What? Like, Bully, I, I love you. But, I mean, I, there's a better chance of me getting hit by lightning that the Giants letting him come in week 10 if he decides to sign the, the tag week 10. What do you mean, I mean letting him come in? They don't have a choice. Wilson, if he no. signs the tag, they have to right. pay him. They can't say, we're okay. not paying you, don't well, come. Yeah. I don't know well, what you're talking about. No, I'm saying that. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. They won't, they, uh, the Giants won't, won't well, I don't know, they pay him or whatever, but he will not be part of the team. Let's put it that way. He, he's, the Giants have a lot of stuff going on. Good stuff going on. No, but Wilson, I understand, but I, but that that's not the that's see the only person that Ah, can control that is Saquon, not the Giants. So then I I kind of misunderstood another thing, right? That that Lance brought the other day. I don't know why he keeps bringing up Christian McCaffrey's contract. Christian McCaffrey's contract in running back years is a hundred years old. You could be Jim Brown, and you will never, ever, ever again see that contract. The new norm is what Miles Sanders got, $7 million a year. And That's I not how it works, though. It's not – no, I'm just telling you, Wilson, when okay. agents go – and they talk about signing contracts with team. It's not just the most recent contract that signed. You no, find no. the best I, player comp over the past I, couple of I, years, and then they use I, that contract I, as the comparison. I, I understand that. But, Chris, but uh, John, would you agree with me that Christian McCaffrey's contract in running back years is 100 years old, that you'll never see it again? Can we agree on that? I think if you have another running back run for 1,500 yards and catch 100 passes for 1,000 yards – and the guy's basically playing two spots, maybe. But okay. I, I think the chance of finding another player like that is, is probably uh, somewhat unrealistic. Oh, okay. I'm going to make a bet to you guys. I'm gonna, if I lose, I'll send $100 to your favorite charity. And if I win, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Here's my bet. Here's my bet. If Saquon Barkley is not in training camp the first day of training camp, he will never play for the Giants again. That... I, I have I, I feel very strong about that because Brian Dable and Joe Shane they want to have a culture and I love we all love Saquon. Another thing that that Lance said right uh, that uh, uh, fans we worry about what players make. No, we don't. If there if there was no salary cap and Saquon makes thirty million dollars a year, we'll be happy for him. But that's not the reality. Reality is no, salary, salary cap, cap matters. No, that that of course and, that's and you're right about. Contract, no, that's fair. And two, and two bad contracts ruin your season. That's what we worry about. We don't care. You know, like Lance took that out of context. Uh, he had a caller, and he took that out of context. That wasn't what the guy meant. What the guy meant is what we all Giants, have been Giants for 40 years, mean. That two bad contracts ruin your season. Then you guys start cutting this guy because he's a good player. Well, I can't afford you, man, because we're paying safe on Barkley. 30. You know what I'm saying? That's what we worry about. No, look, you know Wilson. I mean? No, Wilson, no, Wilson. You're right. The contracts only matter to fans because of the percentage of the cap it takes up and it limits their ability right. to do other things. That's that's, that's, that's fair. All. That's fair, right, Paul? That that's fair. You know, I agree. Yes. Okay. All right. And uh, and 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 I don't know. And and uh, maybe and like I said, they probably love Saquon. I understand that, but you know, this is the new Giants. We made the playoffs last year. We won a playoff game. We're moving forward. We have something to look forward to. I don't think. That's my personal opinion. I don't think that Joe Shane and Brian Dable are going to let this thing fester and, and, and become not, not a problem because Saquon is not a problematic kind of guy. He's a good guy. But listen, and the team comes first. That's it. No, Wilson, it's only Wilson, festering I, because you're talking about no, it ad infinitum. No, but Wilson, and I'll, and I'll just say this too. It's Again, it, it's you really can't – like. What do you think they'll do? Like, if Saquon's not here day one of camp, what are Brian Dable and Joe Shane going to do? Well, either uh, well, they'll try to trade him. Listen, John, can they resend? They can resend the tag anytime they want, or or or, or there's a limit yes. that they they, they, they can want. resend the tag if yes. they want. Yes, and to. Wilson, to your point, if they if yeah. they if they did not want him here, they would have done that already. Mm-hmm. 
But they did want him here. They tried to give him $13 million last year. And they still want him here. That's why they were negotiating a contract with him. And, Wilson, if I— we don't need your money, all right? So we're not <laughs> we're not making the bet. I appreciate it, but I will. I if Saquon yeah. Barkley does not show up next Tuesday, right? And I don't know if he's going to show up or not. If he doesn't show okay. up next Tuesday, but like mm-hmm. after the Lions preseason game, he calls and says, "I'm ready to go." They ain't sending him home, bro. <laughs> they ain't sending him okay, home. Okay, They're gonna well, say, "Welcome back, Saquon." Okay, Here so we maybe, go. maybe, 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 maybe I went a little overboard, but okay. But you, you get what I'm trying to tell you, though, right? Yeah. Get what I'm trying to tell you. I, I they, they lo- listen, they do love him, and they still love him. But listen, it comes to a point when you know, you know what, man? It's not. Then it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. I love you, but it's not gonna. Work. Wilson, I, I, mean, I hear you. I understand what you're saying, and, and thank you a lot for the call. But we are way. Way, way, way early in the process before you even having start conversations like that. <sighs> he spends 27 hours a day worrying about stuff that is so hypothetical it's not worth worrying about. Well, I mean, him not signing the franchise tag isn't hypothetical. What happened? No, but to project to week 10 oh, or whatever yes, else correct. he's talking yes. about. Are you kidding me? This happens with. This happens with at least one player, usually as many as three, every year. Of course. And it gets worked out. Of course. And it's fine. <sighs> Wilson, do yourself a favor. Get off the soap opera kick, because when you do that, you'll be a lot healthier. Now, he was fairly calm about it. I think he was, calm, was actually about calm today. It. He was calm about it, but he continues to worry about these long-term well, stories. Fans, I mean, it's, it's July 20th. What oh, else but fans gonna camp about? is about to start. We don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. We're not going to have anything going on on the field until Wednesday next I week. I know, I know, but still. What do you expect? I Oh, I know. Yes. I know what to expect. Right. It's why I hate the offseason. Let's go to... Let's, <laughs> Ralph, right? Paul would have the guys played a 56-game season, and they'd have one month off in August, and, like, that's it. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Let's go to Ralph in Florida. He's up next. Hey, Ralph. Hey guys, what's going on? Hi, I'm what's up? I'm, how am I supposed to follow Wilson right now? Like seriously, <laughs> it's to... hard to do. It really is. Listen, I'm just saying. I mean, he's he's becoming the Spanish Charlie. I hate to say it, but God forbid. Anyway, listen. No, no question. You know what? The thing that with me with the Saquon situation is, you know, we had so much enthusiasm from the draft to the off-season moves. So everything was going, and you know, it's such and everybody's smiling on their face as far as Jerry fans. And now with just this, it's not a negative thing, don't get me wrong. It just brings down the enthusiasm just a notch because you really don't know. No, like, I get it. Think, I get it. You know that's what I mean? And fair. that's the only thing that bothers me. That's what bothers me the that's most. That's fair. Like, I love Saquon. I want him on the team. The Giants want him on the team, but you just don't know. Anybody, his team can really get in his head and he decides to sit out and it'll just, you know, it, the team will go on. It is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. We're still going to watch games. We're still going to cheer. But it's just that 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 level of enthusiasm that was so high after the draft, after the Waller pickup, after the Campbell pickup, just takes a notch way down because of the Saquon situation. Well, Ralph, here's what I'll say. Here, here's my advice for Giant fans. If you're getting down the dumps, here's what you do. When we put up our schedule, for, figure out what day Paul Dettino is hosting Big Blue Kickoff Live in August. <laughs> call him. And talk to him about the Saquon thing. Because I guarantee you, no. that's what he's going to want to do. He's here to chat with you. 
and just talk about contract holdouts. That, 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 that's Paul's no. favorite thing to do, and that'll make no. you feel better. Me, It'll make Paul. him happy. You kidding me? It'll be good. I love Paul. You I know, love Paul. I'm not trying to get him to go crazy. I, crazy. I, I love Paul. <laughs> I would still be totally flabbergasted if, if Barkley does not report by the Dallas game opening day. I would still be flabbergasted I would be because very surprised if he and look, we all I'd saw the and by the way, we all saw the quotes that clip out there yesterday. I didn't go listen to the podcast, but I read a large portion of the transcript mm-hmm. of what he said. It's not nearly as I'll use the word bad as that one of course, little quote John, that was, was out there. Clear. It was out very con- hypothetical out of context the way he was talking. Out of context in print it looks it incredibly clear. acidic. Yes, but, but it, I not. listened to the whole show. I I watched the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing over an hour, by the way. And I'm I'm sorry. In its proper context, it is not no, the headline not. grabbing clickbait no near it. that it, was put he, out. He later said, "Well, I have to sit down and think about it. I haven't really even thought about right. it yet." But that's what I could do. But I don't really know if I would do that. And he and also it's very. It's very. In another quote, he also talked about how. Badly, he loves the game, loves his teammates, and wants to play, and is working his butt off. Do you honestly think? And I told you guys this for the last how many months? Yeah, me too. I thought a hundred percent he'll be here for the Dallas game, and ninety-nine percent thought he'd sign the extension. Well, he changed his mind on the extension. That didn't happen. But I'm not backing off. He'll be here for the Dallas game. He didn't work his butt off to come back like he did last year, and now as you watch his videos and see him work his butt off. He's not going through all that to miss games. And he likes He's it. not. He, he loves his teammates too much. That's the of thing. Course, like he would course. not do that to his teammates. And his bank account won't let him miss games either. Well, that's also so. A I mean, come on, come on. But anyway, get off of that for a second. I'll I'll just say one thing to any emotional Giants fan out there who thinks this is doomsday. It's the end of the world. Blah 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 blah. Okay, Tiki Barber. Left this team after the 2006 season. He retired. There you go. And Great he answer. was the focal point of this offense. Even though Eli was here, he was still the focal point. Just like Saquon has been the focal point. And somehow, in 2007, some guy named Brandon Jacobs and some guy named Ahmad Bradshaw helped this team win a Super Bowl the very next season. Now, I'm not telling you that the Giants will win the Super Bowl if Barkley decides to go away. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, be very careful if you emotionally believe that the team's fate totally relies on one player. Please. Oh, Paul, don't forget. Hold on, Paul, don't forget. Don't forget, Paul, that they, they ran they ran for five yards less the year after Tiki Barber. Yeah. Total yards. Five yards less. That was it. That was it. Nothing stopped. The train didn't stop. And 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 I will argue. Thank for you for having. Call, Ralph. Appreciate it, man. I will argue for having headache players on the field and in your lineup every day of the week, but no one player is still bigger than the franchise. Yeah, hundred percent. So, well, maybe Lawrence Taylor. I've been, <laughs> but not even. I, I've been telling this people the same thing since February. It, it'll he'll be here he'll, in one way, shape, or form. He's playing this year. I'd be blown away, much like you, if it's not in week one I'm against Dallas. I'm not moving Dallas. off that, John. No, I'm, neither am I. I nope. totally agree. Yep. All right, final call of the show. Sorry, Ralph. I want to make sure we got in Scott here before we get to wrap up. Scott in New Mexico, you're up next. Hey, Scotty, do. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? What's up? Hi. I want to talk a little bit longer about Saquon, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Good. <laughs> uh, it is, as Saquon says, it is what it is. The podcast you're referring to, was that the Money Matters podcast? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I heard really long. Yeah, I only saw snippets of it, and I saw the part where uh, Saquon said that he had to think about whether he was do yourself a favor: either listen and watch the whole thing, yeah, or don't pay attention to any of the clips, because if you don't listen to the whole thing in context, you are going to have a misunderstanding or a misperception of what actually was said. And that's what the clickbait people are living off yeah, of right I, now. I actually thought Pat Leonard's piece in the Daily News today, believe it or not, I thought he actually provided a good number of the quotes from the thing that actually put it in pretty good context that should calm some okay. Giant fans down, believe it or not. Right. Well, I'm hoping he doesn't hold out uh, for the first games because obviously they're going to play Dallas, then they play Arizona, then they play San Francisco. So uh, they need him in the lineup. So hopefully he will not miss.
miss any games, but uh, keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, they need them early, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So my question to you guys, there, you know what the NFL's reaction to this has been, including all the running backs. Christian McCaffrey has commented on it. Uh, Derek Ward said, why not eliminate, uh, excuse me, Derek Henry said, why not eliminate the position altogether? There's been some really harsh things that have been said. But my concern is the Giants themselves. And really, there's no way to take this out of the equation when somebody feels slighted, even if it's uh, something perceived. And, it's, and it can be perceived by the other Giants uh, uh, in the organization. How do you think this affects team chemistry? Because the one thing that I, that I think you want to stress is the team chemistry has to be good in order for the team to go where it's going to go. And uh, the things they teach you in NFL school, the two things they teach you is stop the run and run the football. I don't think Breed and Brightwell are, are the answer uh, to Saquon Barkley. So uh, saying that, and I'll, I'll end the conversation because I know you're short on time. What do you think the other players on the Giants, I'm not concerned with the other players in the league, what do you think the other players on the Giants are going to think about this whole situation, and can they rise above it, and can Saquon Barkley rise above it? And I will leave it uh, for you guys to answer the Thank question. Thank you, Scott. Thanks Appreciate again. the call. Now, good question. I think that is part of the equation. Look, I think the players saw that the team paid Daniel Jones. The players see that the team played paid Dexter Lawrence. And I think... Maybe some of the guys won't, but I think a decent amount of them will understand. Look, the running back position is is a tricky deal right now. It's just kind of the way it is. And mm-hmm. like I said before, and I went through this on the show with Howard on Tuesday, Paul, in terms of cash this year, he's still going to be like the third highest paid running back in the league, even on the tag. In terms of cap pit, he's going to be like fifth in the league in terms of you know cap pit for running backs this year. So it's not like he's not going to be getting paid of – Good amount of money. He is. I agree with that. I will go back to And something. Saquon said that too, by the way, in the interview. He goes, look, I'm under no illusion here. Like, I'm going to be making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, being paid a he pittance does say here. That. He yeah. does say that. About uh-huh. the tag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I have learned more often than not over all the years that I've been doing this, and that is players at some point in their careers understand that business is business. And they may not know it early in their careers, because they signed the rookie contract, especially that those things are slotted now. So maybe they don't really get that. But at some point, every guy, every player understands that, oh, there's a business side to this, and that is separate. Guys don't talk about the business stuff in the locker room. Yeah, look, and they I said, don't. And I said this to Howard on Tuesday. People like to say, oh, it's an NFL family and all this stuff. It's not a family. Do you know why it's not a family? Would you ever trade one of your brothers or sisters away? Yeah, right. Well, no, I'm serious. Like, guess what happens in, in mm-hmm. sports? You trade players. You're not trading away family. It's just the that's the business part of it. I, I, I will add one other item here, and it's not necessarily relevant to Barkley. It kind of is, but it's not directly. The Giants right now, according to the NFLPA site, have about $4 million under their cap. That's it. And, that, and that's including the Saquon tag, by the way. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, they got a full season to play. And they think they're going to be contenders. And you need to have yeah. some wiggle room. I'm not sure $4 is going to do it. Okay. So, so how much more money would you want to spend when you know that your team by the way, went through a lot of cash last year. It was amazing with all the guys that they called yeah, up they from the practice squad. They went through probably almost six or seven million over the course of that year. Easily, year. yeah, easily because they needed healthy bodies. They mm-hmm. were constantly bringing up practice well, you squad have the guys. Hodgins, they brought Jared Davis in late in the year. Jalen Smith got brought in Landon, at the Landon start of the Collins. year. Landon Collins, all those guys, one hundred percent. I mean, they they knew that they needed every penny of that reserve just to get through the season. Oh, Fabian Moreau, another veteran that Absolutely. is not a small contract. So so. Think about that for just a minute. You know, the Giants, we were all, you know, talking earlier last year, well, the salary cap situation will be better. It is better. But right now, they still don't have a tremendous no. amount of room under that cap right and now. And by the way, that's only because they got Dexter's number down because of the extension. Mm-hmm. They got Daniel's number down because of the extension. So, yeah, 100%. So all the more reason why if they had come to terms with Barkley – his tag number were to come down probably at about in half, and it would have even helped them more yeah. with the current room. Yep. So let's make something very clear. The Giants understand their financial picture. Uh, 
they did what they could to make this happen. And it is what it is right now. And they'll have to play with the tag. And they won't have a lot of room to make maneuvers during the season. And that's just the way they got to do it. Paul and I'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We finish our position preview series with the Eagles. Our good friend Dave Spadaro will join us to talk about what's going on down there in the city of brotherly love. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmoke. Don't forget, by the way, you want to become a Giants season ticket member, you know what to do. Giants.com slash tickets. You get all sorts of benefits. It's good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Limited inventory there as well. For Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmelk. For Pearson Butler, great job on the phones. We'll see you on Friday for one more Big Blue Kickoff Live. And by the way, we did set. We are going to have oh. our schedule tomorrow for yeah. training camp, too. What time shows are going to be. So stay tuned to Friday show for that as well. There will be some flexibility, folks. we got to move things around. Yes, we'll try to confirm that today, and we'll have that for you tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you then. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.